this is The Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that The Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com. D E B B I M A C K. Dot com under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. It's my great pleasure to have with me today an author, forensics expert, and consultant. My guest has won and been nominated for multiple prestigious awards for his works of fiction. And along with writing numerous works of fiction, he consults with other novelists and television writers on shows that include Law and Order, CSI Miami, Diagnosis Murder, Monk, House, Pretty Little Liars, and more. My guest is none other than D.P. Lyle. It's so great to have you on today, Doug. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Debbie. I appreciate it. To say that you have an impressive body of work is understating things. For the benefit of listeners, how would you describe the types of books that you write? Well, I write both nonfiction and fiction, but my fiction works are mostly darker thrillers. but my Jake Longley, my newest series is comedic thrillers. I like comedy and, uh, you know, I'm a funny guy. What do you mean? So, uh, so I, I write these comedic thrillers and I'm really having fun with them. I was working on the fourth Jake book this morning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's awesome. Tell us about Jake then. What's he like? What's that protagonist like? Well, uh, there's a lot of me in Jake, of course, and then there's a lot of Jake in Jake, but he's an ex-professional baseball player who now owns a bar in Gulf, Gulf Shores, Alabama, and his idea of life is to own a bar and chase bikinis. Um, and his father, Ray, is ex-military uh, spook world special ops guy who's a PI now, and he doesn't understand why Jake won't work for him. But Jake always ends up mainly through his new love interest, Nicole, uh, gets drug into Ray's world in all these cases. So you would say that Jake is a reluctant PI. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't want to be there, but he always ends up there. Hmm. So he's not the chasing bikinis part always makes me think <laughs> of John McDonald. And, <laughs> right. Uh, so he's not quite the white knight. Oh, no, no, no. No, Jake's got his history. He's got an ex-wife named Tammy the Insane, as he calls her, (laughs) who actually married the attorney that, uh, that, that handled the divorce and that kind of thing. But, and so Tammy always calls Jake for advice, though she doesn't like him and she argues with him all the time, but she always calls him for advice and it drives him crazy. And then Nicole, his new love interest is, is, you know, hot, but smart and tough and clever and focused and so she's different than jake too jake is kind of one of these guys that gets through life on good looks and wit and charm 
but he gets forced into situations that forces him to use skills he had no idea he had. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's a it's very fun story. They're all they're all comedic based. I mean, they're situational comedy, so to speak, <laughs> with a <laughs> well, lot of murders. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's always cool. Yeah, exactly. Murders with murder with laughs is always cool. <laughs> exactly. Um, how did you end up focusing on forensic science? You uh, practice cardiology, correct? Right, right. Uh, well, when I started writing fiction, um, you'd go to writers' conferences, and writers would come up to you and want to ask you questions about stuff. Now, if you go to a cocktail party in the general public, they want to know about their gallbladder and their cholesterol. You know, they find out you're a doctor, but. Uh, in writers' conferences, they want to know about poisons and gunshot wounds and what dead bodies look like. And so uh, I started researching it for that, kind of to help writers and to answer questions for them. And I think I've got about 6,000 questions on my computer from writers over the last 25 years about their stories and, and the forensic science. It wasn't hard to learn. I mean, it would be hard to learn and actually work in that field which I don't do. I just work with the science of it to explain it for writers. But the language is the same as medicine. It's exactly the same science. So that's something, you know, I've done for 40, 50 years. Um, so I know that science. And like I said, the vocabulary of any new field is the hard part. Once you understand the vocabulary, you can understand the field. Well, I already knew the vocabulary. So the difference between pharmacology in a hospital and toxicology in a, in a crime lab is really none. It's just one, you're dealing with dead bodies, and the other, you're dealing with living folks. But the science and the chemistry is the same. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. So it kind of, you saw a need there, and you decided mm -hmm. to fill it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and that's kind of how Forensics for Dummies came about. I basically, when I wrote that book, obviously for the general public, but I was thinking of crime writers. And... Uh, what would they need? What would they want to know? How would this subject help them? Because in this day and age, even if you're writing a cozy, you know, that doesn't have a high body count or whatever, though cozies do get body counts, you know, uh, it's just they're not very graphic. But you still have to know about forensic science. You have to know what's out there and you have to know what's possible, even if you don't dwell on it, because it's there. And if you ignore it, readers are going to say, wait a minute, I don't buy this, you know, mm -hmm. why, why didn't they do DNA or why didn't they do a, a chemical analysis of the hair? Why didn't they do this, 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 which you don't dwell on in cozies, but they have to be there. They're part of the story. You cannot ignore it in this day and age. The only way to ignore it is set your, your crime novel 50 years ago. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which is also, also cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No problem with that. You can do whatever you want in the story. Exactly. Let's see. Um, what's the biggest mistake you see writers make when they write about this area? Well, um, understanding terminology, they don't really understand what a heart attack is. So they say when someone dies, they had a heart attack, but a heart attack is a, a specific entity that the coroner can 99.999% determine it's a plugged artery with damage to the heart, but people die arrhythmic deaths. They die from the heart for other reasons and they kind of lump them all into one. I think number two is poisons that people don't really understand poisons. 
they want to give someone a poison and then have them die, you know, 12 hours later. Well, I mean, can that happen? Sure. But they want them to die suddenly and quickly. In general, things that kill you quickly, kill you quickly. <laughs> Meaning shortly after you take it. Cyanide is not going to wait 12 hours to kill you and then kill you in three minutes. It's not going to happen that way. And so I always say poisons don't have timers. And, and the, you, can, you can time the delivery of the poison. You know, you can put it in their coffee cup and they don't have coffee till the next morning. Fine. You know, that works, but they're going to die pretty quickly. Then I think finally, it's uh, not understanding unconsciousness. How many times have you seen it, it, this? This goes back a hundred years. <laughs> Someone gets knocked out, put in the trunk of the car. They drive for three hours. Then they open the trunk, throw water on them, and they wake up. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> if you're knocked unconscious, you're going to wake up in a few minutes and you're going to be furious unless something really, really, really bad happened. And then you're not going to wake up at all or you're not going to wake up normal. Yeah. yeah. One, one of the things I've always been amazed by is in these old movies, when yep. the detective gets the crap beaten out of him, yeah. there is not a single bruise on Not him. a scratch, exactly. <laughs> not a scratch, not exactly. a bruise, no concussion, <laughs> no problem. Get and up. You can, and you can bump into a door and get water a on your on. face, <laughs> walk <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah, their hair is perfect. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's see. Um, I have to ask, since you were on Diagnosis Murder, what was it like to work with Dick Van Dyke? Did you get well, to work with no, him? No, I, I didn't. I didn't work. With, I worked. I, I didn't work on the TV series at all. What I worked in was the novels with Lee Goldberg. Ah, and, uh, so we oh, would, cool. we would and, and I worked all the monk novels with him, and uh, and so I, I worked with Lee a lot. I've known Lee a long time. He's he's a prolific writer. He's amazing, but. Um, uh, I worked with him on, on the novelizations of these. I did work with him on a couple of Monk episodes for TV. Uh, Mr. Monk Goes to Mexico was one of them. I forget what the other one was. But uh, it's a different world. The screenwriting screen world and the novel writing world are two entirely different worlds. It's, uh, you tell stories differently. Um, we were talking about it earlier before we went on the air. It's anybody can write a screenplay, but not anybody can write a good screenplay. It's very, very difficult. It's a lot harder than it looks. You see all that blank, all that white, and you say, oh, I can do this. Well, sure, you can do this. You can write a screenplay in a week, but it'll be awful because of the economy of words. But novels take more time, and, and Lee's great at it. So I worked on the novels of those. Cool. Uh, Lee's a funny guy, too. He's insane. <laughs> I'll be seeing him in a couple of days. I'm sure we'll go have a steak. <laughs> well, tell him that Debbie Max says hi. <laughs> Please, because he's cool. Um, yeah. Let's see. And Monk is cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, other than the book writing and consulting, what do you do? Uh, practice medicine and play golf. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. That sounds that's like a, fun. Yeah, that's pretty um, much it. Do you have a favorite or most inspiring crime author? Oh, sure. Sure. It comes down to two people, James Lee Burke and Elmore Leonard. Uh, I've met them both. I've had a chance to talk about writing with both. Uh, but I've read virtually everything both of them have written. Uh, it's a textbook and how to write on James Lee Burke's 
have. I really love the Dave Robichaud novels that are set in Louisiana. Being a Southern boy, I really like that. He he um, creates incredible characters, incredible stories, gritty crime novels, but he does it with such poetic writing that sometimes it takes your breath away. You're reading and you read a paragraph and you say, oh my God, and you stop and then you go back and read it again because the writing is perfect. Elmore Leonard is the exact opposite. He is mean and lean and his prose is clean. He's known as the, you know, the father of, or the guru of, of a dialogue because he can write dialogue without quotation marks and you can hear the people talking and he does it all the time. But he is also a textbook for learning how to tell a story cleanly, quickly, efficiently with no fluff. You get from point A to B to C to D and you know exactly where you are and there's no distractions. And he creates such unbelievably awful characters. None of them have social redeeming values, but you love every one of them. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love Elmore Leonard. I do too. I do too. He's one of the greats for sure. Uh, He told me something very important many years ago. We were sitting and talking. I talked about characters and I said, you know, you, you have these great characters. They're all scumbags, but we love them. I said, how do you create these guys? I said, do you look, do like character sketches or anything like that? Like a lot of writers do. I don't, but I mean, like a lot of writers do. He said, nah, I said, I don't do that. He said, uh, it may take me a few weeks or a couple of months to come up with a name. But once I know the name, I know the character. And the brilliance of that hit me right then, right there. It was like, yes, he lives with these people in his head. And once he knows them, the name is inevitable. And so Chili Palmer is not the president or a neurosurgeon. He's a loan shark. He's a really? Shylock. Couldn't be anything else. Raylan Givens is a U.S. Marshal. Linda Moon is a lounge singer. She couldn't be anything else with that name. And so the point is, is that he gets to know the people. And then, the, and it taught me how you develop characters in your head, number one, and number two, that names are critical. And the point that you made in your uh, guest post. Exactly. That names are critical. It's an excellent point too. And thank you for making it actually. I just, I really enjoyed reading that. Oh, good. I'm and glad. I hope that everybody listening to this will check it out because it's, it's really a good read. And it tells you a lot about the art of writing mm-hmm. and the craft of writing and how important it is certain elements of writing are and character yes. names being one of them. Absolutely. So um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we finish up? No, I, I, you know, people go to my website. I think it's on the post, but it's dplylemd.com, dplylemd.com. And when you go there, you can see all my books. One thing, of course, my cat will appreciate that. But also, I have a blog, and then I have a podcast series also um, called uh, Criminal Mischief, and I talk about science and, and crime writing and all that stuff. And then some of you may know the crime and science radio, uh, Jan Burke and I did for three and a half years. We did 70 shows and they're all archived on my website and you can go there and listen to the experts in the field who 50 minute Q and A's when Jan and I quizzed them about what they do for a living, everything from dog training to uh, hunting down men to forensic profile, pro, uh, uh, psychological profiling that you name it, toxicology, all that. Um, so, Go there. Okay. You can you can connect to everything. 
Fantastic. Do. I would uh, recommend that everybody go to uh, Doug's website, DP Lyle's website, and check it out and prepare to be awed when you look at his <laughs> bio. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I want to thank you thank so much you. for being here today, Doug. It was Thank great you so much for having me. Anytime. It's my pleasure. It's my and pleasure. So to everyone out there, uh, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to check the Crime Cafe link on my website where you can find um, links to where you can buy the box set of nine novels or the short story anthology that the Crime Cafe is under the Crime Cafe label. And uh, the website again is debbymack.com, D-E-B-B-I-M-A-C-K.com. And we also have a Patreon page and I am going to be offering Twitter and Instagram shout outs to anyone who contributes at any level uh, to the campaign. So please consider doing that. And if you will, please consider leaving a review for this podcast because every little bit helps. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, just leave your review right there or Stitcher or wherever you're, you're listening to it. Please, thank you. <laughs> and on that note, I will just say um, our next guest will be Jamie Frevoletti, a thriller writer. So I hope to see you all in two weeks. In the meantime, happy reading.